Sentire Media Good morning. Thank you so much. You downloaded the podcast. Good job. Way to go. <laughs> Bravi. My name is Jason. There's Ashley sitting across the table. We are in the kitchen here at Kakamone, and this is the podcast from Italy for the 31st, the last day of March. 2019 in the year of our Lord. Buongiorno tutti. It is 7.30. Nope, check that. 8.30. We just changed the clocks here in Europe. So we went one forward, and I haven't redone them this morning. So it's 8.30 in the morning. It's a beautiful spring Sunday. Uh, there's not a cloud in the sky. It started off cold. We are exactly zero degrees right now. What did we start off at when we woke up? Minus three, five. four, minus five. Um, there's a huge swing, and it'll get up to 18 or mm-hmm. 20 degrees today. So uh, early spring, huge swings in the temperature from um, the, the early morning overnight to the middle of the day. It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous out. We got a little bit of rain. Well, let's get right into it. Yeah. We got a little bit of rain about 10 days ago, but nothing to write home about. No, so still been pretty dry. It's really dry, um, which is our main concern around here these days. Um, other than the uh, fruit trees, all, all the blossoms on the fruit trees freezing. That happened a while ago. We talked about that. But um, exciting news. Let's get into it. Big stuff. Drum roll, please. We are. Um, we have been so eager to make this announcement. Um, we are very excited to be collaborating with New Holland Tractors. Brrr. What does that mean? We're going to be doing some videos, photos, and, and they are hooking us up with a pretty sweet tractor. They're dropping off a tractor, which we desperately, desperately, desperately need. need. Supposedly the tractor that's coming, you want to tell them about it? Yes. So, um, for this collaboration, um, they are going to obviously, uh, they want Ashley to make photos and videos and publicity for um, New Holland Italia here. And they are dropping off. Now, okay, let me, let me preface this. When we went with to New Holland with this proposal and idea of, of what to do, I was, in my mind, a very modest machine. You know, 30 to 50 horsepower, something small for around here that you know, can do the jobs that I need. Nothing, nothing flashy, nothing big. Um, but of course they want to publicize their newest model. And that one, the best, is, the best is the, um, it's a, they're celebrating new Holland bought Fiat tractors. I, uh, I think in the early two thousands, mm-hmm. um, to form, and they formed what's called CNH industries, which owns case new Holland, Same, Same, Fiat, it's a big multinational conglomerate that now owns it. And they want to um, uh, promote 100 years of Fiat. So they came out with a special edition line of these tractors. And it is, go- it's, you know, of course, special edition. It has all the bells and whistles and all the features and leather seats. Leather, like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, I don't know how to drive a tractor, no. I don't know how to operate a tractor. So this is really quite comical that I'm going to be the idiot with. It's like the guy who goes out but can't play the sport and gets all the best equipment and the oh you're the gonna look super stuff. douchey out here the americano with no idea on his big super sweet tractor well it's we're really excited because um, New Holland tractors are actually built here in La Marque in Southern Marque in Yacy and so this was part of why we thought this would be a great um, kind of collaboration to work with them because here is a um, 
tractor made in Lamarque, and that's what we are all about, promoting what is uh, homegrown, if you will, right here. So um, we are going... They invited us to go to something called Yacy Days, which is, um, uh, like we said, down in Yacy, where they build the tractors. It's a open house for mm-hmm. the um, Fabrica in English. Um, Manufacturing ma- plant? Thank you. Um, and you, it's a day where you go down and you get a tour of the plant. You have lunch. You go and they yeah. try out all the tractors. They have like an area there with, um, you know, like a field that where you can test them all out well the important part exactly is we don't know jason is so right it's spot on we have no idea how to use a tractor we don't know how to know that we need one we know we need one we have no idea how to drive it we don't know how to attach any implements we have no this is ground zero so this watched a lot of youtube videos uh he has studied hard guys he thinks he's a bush hogger (laughs) (laughs) um but the tractor should arrive it's being built right now um it should arrive in may and uh, so we'll definitely keep. Oh you up my to date. gosh! Yes, we will. So we had the marketing director and his assistant um, for dinner the other night, and we were able to talk details. They brought a bunch of swag, so we've got the hats and the sweatshirts and t-shirts and everything, and uh, we're ready to pump a little New Holland. Uh, be ready to see a bunch of photos and videos coming your way. These are also. Um, not going to necessarily be super edited. Um, this is going to be the real life of what it's like to learn how to use a tractor. You know, this kind of video series that we're about to do. Wouldn't you say that would be more? I have no idea. <laughs> that's not my. That's not my department. No, he kept saying spontaneous. So it's going to be what it's really like, and the ins and outs of learning a tractor, having to have our neighbors come down and show you how to do, st- kind of show you the ropes as well. It's this is great. Gaji is, yeah, we have super to, excited. We have to build a kapana, a um, little um, what would you call a kapana? Not a barn, um, like a little. Uh, why can't I think of it? An overhangy. An overhang kind of like a um, oh my gosh oh it's like a pole barn. What it's not a heck? barn though because a barn know. has four sides and a roof. This is just like four posts and something to cover the track. Exactly. Oh god, into. why can't we think of it? You would English? call it a carport if you were in like I guess. a, a yeah. apartment building. Yeah. I have no idea what you would call. We're it. trying to figure out where to put it, how to build it. This, it's all it's all happening, guys. This is uh, big stuff. This thing's going to be... It's Jason huge. talks constantly about what he needs a tractor for. Unfortunately, we didn't have it when we just hauled rocks for a day. <laughs> Every... Yeah, almost daily, I say, I'm glad we don't have a tractor. Don't need a tractor, right? <laughs> Not for this project. Not for this project. So we have plenty of projects to do around here. And I'm just excited to... to I don't believe it until it until I see the big truck pulling up to unload the tractor well we'll keep you guys posted we also um it was perfect timing to have them over for dinner on thursday because friday was the kickoff of agro umbria which is a huge um agricultural expo in central italy in umbria and um new holland of course was going to be there so we planned to meet up with those guys and we wore all of our hats and everything it was great but we had ulterior motives we weren't really there to schmooze with the tractor folks no our i i i our idea this year was to go get fancy hens and um the fancy hens with the 
you know, I don't even know. Listen, I don't. The ones know with any like the, the crazy plumes coming out of the top of their head, looking like pigtails, to the ones with the feathers on their feet, to like the slightly ginormous ones. I don't know. We were we thought we were in the market. We were definitely going down there with. We're going to make this an exotic hen uh, sanctuary this year. It's- Felt a little pretty woman. Like I've got a pocket full of cash. <laughs> <laughs> um. So in Agriumbria, Agriumbria, there's um. Do oh my god, you, it you know, is a zoo. It was it's huge. It's a big huge expo uh outdoor expo center and there's you know display static displays of everything for agricultural from there's one section where there's like um livestock shows and auctions. There's mm-hmm. another section where it's all like um it was just all trailers for your tractor. There's uh another, Oh that he was really Jason was yeah, really I'm, liking that zone. <laughs> um there's, you know, of course, the implements. There's the big tractors. Then there's the small hands. There's all it's, the crazy woodcutters. Like, I don't even know what those things are called. Oh, yeah. Not the, the wood chipper, but like well, the they, massive things with the wood. For, for harvesting wood. Yeah. Yeah, they separated it all. It was great. You could spend two, three days there. Um, we we did a quick walk around and then went to go over to where they had the small We beelined animals. it straight for the chickens because as we were arriving... As we were driving farther and farther to park and then walking closer, all we could see people leaving with were boxes with hens. Foul. With fowl. We were like, oh my God, we have got to double step it in there. This is Friday mid-morning. What's this is the going- first day. This it opened two day. hours ago. Oh my God, what's going on? Why, why, are they giving away these freaking chickens? So we had to get there quick. Um, so we, no, could, we didn't. We didn't, no, we didn't. But we felt like it. And, um, of, and of course, there's other um, in the small in the small uh, farm animal section. There's there's uh, rabbits and mm-hmm. there's peacocks and there's doves and quails and anything that flies or hops is you can really find. But this there. is the place if you're looking for quote unquote exotic birds. We're not talking about toucans well, or no, anything. What, what we mean by exotic is just not the normal ones. That's what I was going to say. Can, find here you can go to the the uh people around here or the even the hardware store and order just our local kind of hands. egg layers yeah egg yeah. layers um but you can't get white livornese or the crazy one like you have to go to either go up to where these specialized people people's farms are which we could we could drive to ravenna and do it mm-hmm. or you go to an expo like this where they all come to one place so that was the plan let's get these uh fancy feet oh my god as soon as we saw them we were so excited they were very expensive. Finally, we none of them were labeled the first kind of um, stalls we checked out. And then finally, we turn a corner and, and these are all labeled. We're talking 150, 160, 180 for two birds. They sell them by the couple, the, one male and one female. And which are there? It's hysterical. We didn't want any more roosters. We've got Rustino. He rules the roost. He's a wonderful gentleman down there. But. 180 bucks well we didn't understand how this chicken how this hardcore chicken lifestyle works no so apparently you buy the couple and then you hatch chicks from there they're not egg layers they're mm-hmm. ornamental ornamental yeah and um then you can have your own little brood of all these fancy chickens but yeah like ashley said 200 bucks for a couple 200 euro for a couple no. No, all I could just hear was, God damn it, Gaji was right, was in the back of my head. Because he kept saying, what are you going to do? Just buy expensive fox food? And it was like, yeah, he's freaking right. I'm not spending 180 bucks for the fox to feast on these guys. So and they don't even lay eggs. Well, they, they do like, lay, they lay eggs, they but lay not eggs. at the same rate or size no. as the layers, obviously. And the males, the roosters, I don't know if you call them roosters, whatever, cocks, 
those guys are SOBs. They're loud as hell. It's not a little cock-a-doodle-doo. It is, those were screamers. So another tick against it. So we thought, oh no, are we going to come all the way down here? Have gotten up, pumped up. We've been talking about this. We, oh, didn't... we never said where it was. It's in, it's in a town called Bastia Umbria. Just, just south of Perugia. And, um... We thought, oh my God, we were just starting to lose some faith thinking we're not, we're going to walk out of here with jack shit. And um, sure enough, we find the egg layers. They're called ovaiole. And we found a great, um, yeah, I don't know, tent, whatever. And he had uh, like half a dozen different types. And like Jason said, now we found the Livornese, the white ones. We found these ones I keep calling Emmenthalers, but they're like, it's a different it's name. It's a different we name. We saw the egg layer. Uh, German egg laying. They're hands. gray. They're gray and smaller, but they, uh, the guys said they will lay, uh, larger more frequently than anyone else. So they are very efficient. Oh, yeah. The Germans are. Natürlich. So we ended up with 12 in total of, mm-hmm. of four or five different kind of breeds, if you will. And, uh, we, I ordered another four from the, um, local hardware store. So we'll have our normal, we'll have about 16 hens and then we'll get Rustino back from the hen hotel from our neighbor, Carolyn. That's where our, uh, hens from last year went. Um, because it's a much warmer coop. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a better coop. But it feels like the season is back on. Chicken comfort is at an all-time high right now. They... It's funny to see the pecking order yes. being established. <laughs> because these guys now all... If you get a mix like this... Um, oh we have found. We have found. I was going to say, don't Google it. <laughs> Whatever you do, you'll find a million and one. Don't ever Google anything about chickens. Just do it. Just try. Um, when you put them all together... Uh, at once like this when they're young, uh, they, these are not little chicklets. Um, They've lost their yellow feathers there, but they haven't started laying yet. No. Um, but they become their own little family, but there is – and they get along. It, the turkey t- was fine when we put them all together. It was part of the crew. You can't have established hens and then try to introduce young ones. They'll when we've get- done that, the old hens are bitches. They peck they peck. Oh, them. my God. They're so mean. Um, so – this year, we, we decided we always like to start with a fresh crew, just for that reason. And um, they kind of meld together better. It just seems like for a happier hen house. And, uh, but you could see right away from the first evening, the first couple hours, who were more courageous, who were more interested in food, who was freaked out and would stay in the box. Um, there's some that are just wander around and totally happy. They've started picking on the smaller German ones, which the Germans are getting picked on by the English. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, this year, for the first time, I'm thinking we might have to play with some hen names because no, I'm not I, naming only hens. because they're so funny. They're two and twos of all these colors. It's great. Um, if you want to see pictures, Ashley started to put up some pictures yeah, on Facebook, Facebook and Instagram. Um, on Instagram, I put some through the stories. Check it out um, immediately. By the time you listen, this will be gone. But um, of going to the market and getting them and stuff too. But it's a blast. So it feels like spring has sprung with the chickens now here. They're the first guests to arrive. <laughs> what um, else is going on? Other things going on. We have a lot of projects we're putting in. Uh, we we talked about last um, podcast about how we doubled the size of the garden. So um, we, we have to figure out irrigation for that. And I'm very concerned about water this year. I We're planning for the worst. And then if the worst doesn't happen all the better. But um, I don't think there's going to be water here in the summer. No. And the planning for irrigation is 
quite a task because the garden before was barely able to be watered by the two cisterns that were held 400 how much a thousand liters, a thousand liters each each um like i said <laughs> uh and now we're trying to tap into the sulfur spring we have here at the house and there's um Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, the word around smiling. is the word around is there's there's always the sulfur water because there's an underground river of the sulfuric, very strong, like rotten egg water. It's people around here love it. They At will, one point, Fushiani Fush uh, was going to turn this house into a wellness center with the water and had set up the built these. Um, uh, fountains leading back to the spring into the woods, which is kind of cool. It's a total crazy thing that he spent all this money on, but the door frames aren't great. But um, uh, anyway, so there is yes, this house supposedly always has water, sulfur water. The um, the problem is the sulfur water well is at the top of anyone who's been to Kakamoni. It's kind of up by where you park at the top, not the end of the world, but you just have to. We have to figure out the logistics of how to get that water from up there. Down to the, down we to the. We do have uh, gravity working in our favor, so that does help for pressure and things like that. Yeah. Also, I have to come up with an emergency plan if our natural spring goes dry this summer that we can set up the uh, sulfur well and at that and I've researched filtration for it. It's not the end of the world. You can we can filter out the smell and and make it just as it, it's actually a lot less calcium than the water that we get from the natural spring. So. <laughs> and we um, are trying to figure out the line that we're taking for getting this water from up top above the house to down below the house towards the garden, which is about how far of a distance? It's 200 meters. Okay. We have to go around a pool through light fixtures in one direction, um, but that's kind of the most direct route. Um, the part that if we go the other way around the other side of the house, there's the gas tank, there's, um, more lights, water. So it could be a bit more tricky. The part that I'm so excited to try is we saw this YouTube video and then found out that my dad did this when he was a kid is what the heck is that called? Oh, it's called, um, oh, when you hold, (laughs) okay. So to find, this is so great. This is so cool. So to find where your water lines are underneath your ha- underneath the ground or to find where power lines are underneath the ground, you can do this using two coat hangers that you hold in your hand. It's called, oh my God. Divine. Divining. Divining rods. Yes. This actually works. <laughs> Google this. My mind was blown. Oh it's my like God. magic. You, you make it so it's like basically two um, straight. straight pointed with hand with straight pointed rods with with handles you hold them very lightly and as you walk you'll see the two rods because of the magnetic field that it creates separate and point to where the line is or they'll come together or they'll come together exactly absolutely incredible totally incredible also that my dad did this when he was a teenager cracks me up and so all the engineers are like yeah no kidding they're like duh so um i'm excited to try this however score we were going through the documents of the house the old property documents that um i've just always been in this old desk and found this is something for you guys anyone who's renting a house or has bought a house keep these old property documents because you never know when you're going to want to come across it um or it could come in handy not only did we figure out from this 
the actual grade of where we're looking to put in the new patio up under the trees and picnic benches. Yeah, it's it's all... already been done. <laughs> but um, there's all the lines for the lights that were set up outside so we can see exactly where the power Nor- lines. Normal people have this kind of stuff. I know. But we're just shocked that this house this actually ha- comes with trust it. Trust me. If you're in Italy, this is a shocker. Because if you open up any access panel in this house and look at the electrical wiring, <laughs> it is a rat's nest of mess. Yeah. It, this is... So, so this was a find. The to- fact that we found something with action. Now, whether they followed that diagram oh, in true. real life is another. We're going to find out. We're going to find that out. Oh, now. my God. You're right. I doubt they did. <laughs> um, speaking of this house and projects, shutters. Here's an interesting little tidbit for those of you who are restoring a house. There's a great uh, Facebook page. Yeah, Renovating Italy. Renovating Italy. Um, if, you're, if you're curious about restoring houses and other... Um, yeah, people show great before and afters. They talk about it, um, the pricing, how to source materials and whatnot. But um, this is why this is interesting. So New we have shutters. a long-term lease at this house. And this is one of the great parts with um, having a good relationship with our landlord. This isn't in any sort of contract, but it's time after all these years to have the shutters redone. The sun, Just the sun has bleached out, especially on the um, southern-facing. Southern the wooden shutters are done. And... Um, so our landlord's cool, and he was like, yeah, we need new shutters. So he's taking care of it, and that is great financially that we don't aren't um, invested in it. However, it means it's also at his time since it's his pocket. <laughs> and last year, uh, the plan was last spring, shutters were coming in. We were like, sweet. Well, there was a steady parade of workmen who came throughout spring and summer a rotating door. Every time Fushiani would show up, it would be with some other guy. They'd walk around the house. They'd give him an estimate. Thanks, but no thanks. Okay, <laughs> how many how many holes? So those are shutters. So shutters. there is something like fifty six windows and, and doors or doors that need shutters. Yes. Now there's two types of shutters you can get primarily out here in the countryside. One are called scuri, and scuri are the flat paneled shutters. They can either have a little door that you can open, or sometimes you can um, adjust those the flat panels so that air can pass through. But they're basically covered. Uh, pieces of wood. Correct. Then there's called scurry. The scurry have the slats and the little slats that go, they can be wide slats or they can be tight slats. And sometimes you can move these slats up and down like a, like, um, like a shade, like a shade kind of thing. Um, if you're looking into getting them, don't get the scurry to refinish oh them. Oh my God. I'm seeing, sorry. Don't get the Persiani. Persiani. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Did I just screw that up? You did. You said scurry twice. Okay. Sorry. Scuri are the flat paneled ones. Persiani. Which just means dark. Yeah, it just means dark. It darks out everything. Persiani have the slats. slats. Don't get the Persiani because if you have to refinish them, they are pain in the asses. We have Persiani. We have Persiani. <laughs> you cannot get the little machine or the sandpaper up in the little crevices between the slats. So what you have to do is take the, all of them apart and clean the slats individually. It'll never happen. No. Get, get scurry. The house needs to be redone. <laughs> now, there's also two other ways you can do this. You can do it in wood or you can do it in, is it PVC? What is it? Um, aluminum or, P, or a synthetic material that's made to look like Correct. wood. Now. This becomes tricky because the synthetic way is a fraction of the cost. No. What? They're the same price. I thought it was cheaper. Slightly, but they last. They lo- Oh, okay. So they last a lot longer. Of course. However, the catch is 
supposedly, I don't know who is coming out here to check, but supposedly houses of a certain age must have wood. Yes. <laughs> unless you are approved to have another material. So you would have to get permissions and submit plans. And it, it's basically, it's to do. it just adds thousands of euros and, and months and months onto yes. something that. It's your freaking shutters on your house. Just to put them on. We are the only house, by the way, within three kilometers. So no one's coming out. No here. one's coming out here. But um, take a guess. We have fifty. You said six, six openings. This blew my mind, and I think it blew Fushiani's mind. Hundred percent. This is what. Hence, why there was a revolving door. You're, so I don't know. You'd think a couple grand, maybe. I don't know. Ten grand. I thought ten grand at the guess. Most. Guess what do you think shutters for a house like this? Whether they're in wood or because if they're in wood, they have to be made by hand. But if they're in the um, aluminum, they're they're the same price, but they last kind of they last longer. What do you think? Drum roll, spit it out. I think it was twenty eight, like twenty six to thirty grand. It was twenty plus grand for freaking no, not twenty plus. Almost 30. Almost 30 grand for shutters. So that, I just keep that in mind when you're looking at a big farmhouse or a restoration project. Which is why we haven't busted chops when he was like, do you know what shutters cost? We're like, I don't know. No, 8,000 euros. He's He's like, like, that's what I thought too. (laughs) So we haven't busted chops because it's like, oh my God. Oh my God. That seems like more than a roof. So just... Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Old stone farmhouses. They cost a lot. Oh my gosh. But that being said, we're doing, we're changing our patio project from, um, I think the last time we talked about it on the podcast, we were going to do a, a deck. deck with made out of wood. We, that had been, that is scrapped. Yes, because it's too much of a grade up there. So we're going to do, um, pebbles. Now we are lucky here in Italy. There are a ton of quarries and, um, like, like within two, there's two within either side of Piovico, one on either side of Piovico. Closer than the grocery stores. <laughs> there are two different quarries. That's not a joke folks. And, um, so we were able to go to check them out and the, so something like the cost of gravel, nothing. Exactly. Uh, 13 euros per ton. That's a ton. Er. <laughs> well, and we learned something. I learned the difference between the different rocks. So what we want is Giaia. Giaia are pebbles. And they are separated into different classifications. like Based on size. Size, like 3 to 10 millimeter or 7 to 12 or whatever. That's one of the quarries. The Giaia, though, is only kind of light colors. What we wanted was the pinky crushed rock. Which is real typical of our area. And it's But that is what's called Stabilimento, it's stabilizing dirt. So it has anywhere from zero, so fine fine dust, up to 20 centimeter rocks. And this is what they use on the roads. It's clay-like. This is not a good idea. Not a good idea. So it was good to go to the quarries and like go up to the big um, piles of the rocks and feel it. And you could feel the difference. One was the Stabilimento was almost rocky. And then when you squeezed it, it was muddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you go and see the pebbles, obviously, it's more what you think would be appropriate. So what we're going to do is a we're going to level the ground um, and we're going to put a nice border of the antique uh, brick. brick and then put the um, crushed rock, the, the pebbles in it. And luckily, the outdoor furniture has the big wide feet and bases, so it's not like 
chairs with mm-hmm. with sharp sharp feet it's gonna look great and we have to put we're putting in new lighting um so that's another project for out- I, I get to rent a digger oh my god we're getting a tractor renting a digger it's all happening folks it's all happening at latavla market mm-hmm. um Gaji, yes like we mentioned he's pumped about the tractor uh he was excited to get a hat and he was raring to go yesterday, minus six degrees, but the old man came driving from Fado with a car full of onions. We've told him all to week. He's talked too. about it all week. We should plant onions and we should get the carrots started. And, and I kept telling him it is, it's frozen every single morning. I don't think he believed me because he's been staying on the coast in Fano and it's significantly, significantly obviously significantly warmer, just 45 minutes towards at, at the coast. And he came up here yesterday morning, and he's like, <laughs> it's minus two at the sign in P.O.B. call. I was like, yeah, look, here it's minus four. And uh, no, no planting. Everything will, nothing will sprout, and everything no, will die. No, and it's like, you want to kind of sometimes be like, dude, it's March. We've never planted onions in March. What are you talking about? We, keep we don't a- even have water in the garden yet. No. And I'm terrified. The garden is so big. This crazy old man loves to just start planting stuff wherever he's standing. So he's like, he planted potatoes in the goddamn middle of the... It is literally smack dab the middle. Not like top middle, middle, middle. Yeah. There is no rhyme or reason. There's just two rows of potatoes in the middle of the garden. (laughs) And we had had our neighbor come by and... um, and, uh, break up with the disc up the soil and it's like you can't go right here because there's two <laughs> rows of potatoes right in the middle so, so he's, he's trying to work around it's just ridiculous anyway fun 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 uh easter's on its way it's coming Woo. Woo. you could see it at the grocery stores why the big- they are filled to the top of the ceilings with the massive Easter eggs. We've talked about it every year. These are the big, humongous chocolate eggs that uh, Rosanna Gachi's wife likes to karate chop in half. They can be anywhere from a small little Cadbury egg size all the way up to like, I swear to God, a meter, giant, like a meter you, you, high, yeah, three yeah. feet. And <laughs> normally the chocolate isn't great. Um, yeah. No, but it's fun. They're always they're filled with prizes, and then if you want to be really <laughs> cheesy, like dropping the ring in the champagne glass, Woo! you can put like um, you can go to a uh, patisserie and like a bakery bakery and have them make you one and put whatever you want inside. Um, we're usually good for one a year, just because you have to. Exactly, it's like the panettone. You have to. You, you have, have to, to get one. And Jason's been practicing the Crescia Brusca, which is our um, savory Easter bread in our area here. But the problem is that every little town and house has their own recipe. And this Crescia Brusca changes greatly from Piobico to Fano. That's they have it everyone has their version between here and the coast, forty five minutes, like we said, between here and where Gaji is. In our area of Piobico, it's a lot lighter. Poor. Fluffier. Yes. Not as much cheese. On the coast, it's denser, pepperier, more flavor. Well, Jason made a recipe, did it exactly spot on, but unfortunately his recipe was the Piobicase, which is just not the same. No, we like it a different way. Not to say that it's not good. No. If, you, if, if you've if, never had it, I'm sure you'd think it was delicious. And and I, we don't want to offend the Piobicase, but I prefer the ones from the Pezu. I don't know. Gaji brings us one from this woman who one, was one of his patients or he works with her. I don't know. It is fantastic. And it's That's a lot, the recipe. And it's a lot denser. 
and it's much more saporito. But tell them why it is difficult to practice or play with this recipe because it's costoso. Um, it's not difficult. It's um, yeah, it's got five eggs. It's got um, aged parmesan or aged um, pecorino. Um, it's got it's, it's it's a very rich rich bread. So it's. Um, it's like geez. a ton of leavening. Yeah, a ton of leavening. Yeah, especially since I've uh, all my bread baking this winter's been with um, the mother, the the natural starter, to put 125 grams of of yeast in is like geez. But it I, I, it was a good first try. It was definitely a good. I oh like well, you. it's bread. It never comes out the first time. No, but we always eat it. No matter what. I know. I always have no problem. That's why that's why it looked like I had boobies in the pictures we took the other day at Agri Umbra. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What else is going on? Is it time to wrap it up? I think I'm gonna read another chapter of the book too. Okay, very good. Uh we got projects, projects going on today. Um finishing up silicone in bathrooms. Um anything fun happening? No. No, it's just work right now. It's just now. work right now. This is the spring um, spring cleaning. I love it, though. It's feeling good. And if any of you guys are planning a trip to come out to Italy this uh, summer or fall, we still have a couple spaces in the wood oven workshop in July and September, as well as our gourmet getaway in the um, September and October, our three-night special. So take a visit to the website, www.latavolamarche.com, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R. C-H-E and check those out for 2019. Otherwise book early for 2020. We are now taking reservations for the full farmhouse rental. If you guys have a uh, special family reunion gathering of your friends, just want to take over the farmhouse and make your own culinary agenda, um, kind of tailor the cooking classes, everything to you guys. It's a blast. Um, check out that and on the website and you can fill out the um, little short Q and A, and I'll send you back a proposal ASAP. All right, very good. I got to go stretch. Man, he's listen, getting old. Geez. Turning forty sucks. Let me tell you. I wake up every morning like the Tin Man. I have to go. I have to go stretch my back and my my. I went to the physiotherapista, and from working in the kitchen for twenty years, I stand on my right leg. So it's made my right leg and right hip tighter and. A couple of weeks ago, we were doing pruning of the trees, and I decided to be He-Man and try to pick up and pull too big of a pile of uh, branches. Drag it yeah. down the road. Oh. I was like, let's attach this to the car. And he was like, we could do it. <laughs> and then he, the next morning. Argh. Yep. So I have to – so – the physio did a good job and showed me a bunch of stretches. But now every morning, if I don't wake up and stretch, I feel it. It's real tight in my hips and my pelvis and my back. Ten man. I know it. You sound like an old man. I know. Well, that's what happens when you turn 40. There you go. Don't do it. <laughs> All right. So we are going to do a reading by Ashley as soon as we get our act together. And thank you so much for downloading it. Yep. A little a quick pause and I'll be right back at you. All right. Ciao, ciao. Okay. Thank you for sticking around for the continuation of the unnamed, unfinished, unpublished book that I read here on the podcast from time to time. And please take note, I have not read this in about five years or more, so bear with me as I stumble through it at times. All right. Chapter 17, Foraging. In the Candeliano Valley, our fields are peppered with herbe di campo, 
herbs of the field, wild radicchio, dandelion greens, wild lettuces, strigi, and others I don't know the name for, all ready to be eaten. Today we are being taught to forage in the fields in the shadow of a Monte Norone with three generations of the Faligname family. The matriarch, Nona Dominica, at the helm, and her niece, Anna, by her side. In particular, we are searching for two types of radicchio and a myriad of wild lettuces. It's more than just gathering the ingredients for a simple salad. It makes me feel more connected to this land and our neighbors. Dominica stands tall and stoic at a whopping four and a half feet with short stubby fingers that have seen decades of hard living. Her gray hair is cut short and unfussy, wearing a classic colorful house coat. She clasps her weathered hands to her chest then thrusts them towards my face, strong but tender, bringing me in for a kiss on each cheek. Her eyes twinkle as she explodes into dialect. The tall, slender, raven-haired Anna is good friends with Gaji and Rosanna. It can always be seen, can always be found outside sweeping her walk and deadheading her geraniums. She has warm motherly eyes, heavy at times with the stress of having three generations under one roof, typical of so many households. She is Jason's unofficial, official pasta rolling mentor, so there is a special place for her in his heart. She gave him his first back-breaking lesson on how to roll one to two millimeter thick pasta by hand with a meter long rolling pin. As we collect dinner, the conversation wanders as aimlessly as we do. You know, with just a little garlic and olive oil, you can saute this nicely. Now, these make a nice salad, a little bitter, but buonissimo. Oh, yes, that's edible too. Dandelion greens. Have you seen Rosanna lately? When you pick young nettle, don't forget to wear gloves. Look for purple and you will see, I hear Dominica whisper, her hands caked in mud. As my eyes focus on each blade of grass instead of the field as a whole, suddenly it all becomes clear and I begin to fill my bag in no time. These are better boiled for, ra- boiled for ravioli filling. Why do you not have a scarf? Like a record scratching, everyone freezes and horrified eyes look up at me. Everyone chimes in. The air is humid. It's tropo riskio. It's just too risky. I have an extra. You will take it. Now that I've been safe from the plague, we can get back to work. <laughs> Do you know what these are? Anna holds up a handful of greens with a thin center stalk and soft pointed leaves coming to a V. Pop quiz. A knowing grin spreads across Jason's face. Strigi, he says, replied in proper dialect. And do you know what to do with it, she prods further. Certainly, you saute it slowly and make a nice frittata. She smiles back just as proud that the stranger in a strange land has learned so much about her traditions. Bravo, Jason. He asks where her daughter Elisa is. Oh, she is much too busy for this. Once our baskets are and bags are full, we retire to the little stone house on the hill for white wine, for pecorino cheeses, homemade charcuterie, and continue our colorful conversation. After watching these ladies in the fields from afar for months, now I am one of them. And so is Jason. <laughs> Such a perfect afternoon, and I think to myself, Che bella, what a beautiful, che bella vita, what a beautiful life. And I wish my sister hadn't missed it. Chapter 18, The Freshman Farmer. 
In the local registry, I am noted as a quote-unquote farmer as my occupation. This would be laugh-out-loud funny to anyone who knew me before I moved to Italy, especially in New York. The switch from stilettos to stivales, which are boots, when I happily traded my Diane von Furstenberg wrap dresses for overalls and muddy jeans was another turning point for the two of us. Never knowing which direction to even plant a seed, we are planning to start a massive garden. The principles of slow food and ideals of slow living and eating with the seasons is not new. Italians have been doing it for centuries. But it's new to us. Ever since reading Michael Pollan's Omnivore's Dilemma on the long train ride to work clacking over the Manhattan Bridge, we thought about our food differently. Starting a garden has always been a huge goal of ours and to become as self-sufficient as possible. For the past several months, we have been preparing the land for our vegetable garden. My, how times have changed from a few pots of herbs on our rooftop in Brooklyn to 1,000 meters squared of prime Italian soil. Nearby, farmers helped plow the land and turn the soil in exchange for a plate of prosciutto and pecorino cheese washed down by a few bottles of beer. Without the the watchful eye of our dear friend, Dr. Gaggi, whom we affectionately call Il Capo dell'Orto, or the boss of the garden, our farm would be pitiful at best. He is a wonderful, impatient teacher, Jason, his eager apprentice. Together, they spend hours upon hours in the garden together discussing methods of organic gardening, inspecting the cabbage for bugs, and admiring their hard work. Conversations we never thought we'd be having seem to fall so perfectly into line with our life here. With the buzz about town of the Americani with a grand and beautiful garden, passerbys stop to add their two cents and admire our orto that could feed all of Italy. We are unmistakably proud. Piero Mochi, the father of our friend uh, and neighbor Giancarlo, a landowner passionate about his soil, would slowly creep by in his silver SUV, halfway hanging out the window, trying to take a closer look, comparing our crops to his down the road. Another neighbor, Pierangelo, the maniac farmer with his wild, uncombed mane of hair, tan skin, and salt and pepper goatee with tattered clothes of a true farmer, would stop and chat in dialect so thick and fast it couldn't possibly pass for Italian. He would stop on his way from, to and from his farm. He lives in town, honking in the morning on his way to feed the cows. He always gets such a kick out of seeing me in the garden with a hoe in my hand, literally shoveling shit. You never see an Italian girl do this your age. <laughs> and that's when I reply to him with a big smile, flexing my growing muscles. Well, that's because I'm a hot-blooded American. <laughs> Pierangelo is normally not in a hurry to get back to work in the barn as the cows are his only company, so he'll linger for a bit. We'll shoot the shit, share a coffee or beer, or he'll let us know his thoughts on our fence. Pierangelo. You know, porcupines can get in under the fence. They'll eat everything. Jason. Yes, I know. Pierangelo. So, you must bury the fence underground. Jason. Yes, we did. Pierangelo, yes, but it's got to be deep, about 20 to 30 centimeters. Jason, yes, we buried it, about 25 centimeters deep and filled it in with rock. Pierangelo, you know a deer could jump over this. Jason, I'm getting ready to put the barbed wire so it should be fine. Pierangelo, (laughs) or what about the boar? You know, a pack of 20-something running through the field could just take this side down. Jason, yeah, well, (laughs) Pierangelo, so what are you planting? 
For the first time in our lives, we live in Eat by the Seasons, and we love every delicious minute of it. I grew up on canned green beans and beets, so this is a whole new world for me. We remembered the overpriced produce at Whole Foods or the, or the shitty vegetables at our corner market. Either way, we were eating engineered produce, lacking in flavor and nutrition. But hey, it's available all year long, and that's what really matters, right? Eating seasonally means you appreciate what you're tasting, not only because it's at the height of the season and bursting with flavor, but also because it won't last long. For example, we only have fava or broad beans available for a few short weeks, but you savor them all the more in the early spring, not to be seen again until next year. Down in the orto, minutes quickly slip into hours, as there is always work to be done. Every morning we rise before the sun and Jason begins watering our crops. In the evening, it's time to pick and weed the beds. The garden is Jason's sanctuary. He likes to slip into the ordo, plug in his iPod, soak up the sun away from all the guests, and just get his hands dirty. Whenever it comes to the delicate part of planting the seedlings, however, Gaji prefer my, prefers my help while Jason makes lunch. Crucify. What are you doing? The doctor asks. Exactly what you told me to do. I think to myself, slowly, slowly, take your time. Remember to dig them just so and space them about this far apart. The distance changes just slightly with every example. On our hands and knees, Gaji and I jam a wooden rod into the ground and make a stirring motion, breaking up the dirt and creating the perfect hole to gently place each onion shoot. One at a time, gingerly mounding a bit of loose dirt halfway up the stalk to protect it from the winds in the early stages of growth. It's time-consuming work, but worth it. Come the fall, these will be the biggest, sweetest onions I've ever tasted. I pick up speed once I get the groove down, and the watchful doctor eyes me. Make sure you're doing it right. With patience, we'll know if they don't grow whose fault it is. It's the same thing he says no matter what we're planting, but... It stops me in my tracks every time. What if this row doesn't grow? It will be my fault. I slow my pace back down carefully to dig deep enough for the roots to grow and realize he just may be thinking out loud because his row is starting to angle sideways. <laughs> I think about how much shit-talking Jason must put up with on a daily basis down in the garden with Il Capo. Gachi asks about my sister and how she's doing back in America. Is she still dating the same guy? Tell her the next time she comes to Italy, I will find her a proper husband with 100% gaji guarantee. I find it funny and endearing. He's in his 60s, a lover of guns and Western movies, and here he is giving dating advice and trying to set up my sister in her 20s. He slips in a little goss local gossip just as the quote-unquote scandalous affair is translating into English in my head. I realize the conversation is getting juicy. He quickly moves on to another topic much more passionate. The weather. <laughs> Peppered with profanity, he rants and raves about how they can never get it right. Gaji told me, if you can't curse in the field, where can you? You're among the animals. Uninterrupted, we work like this for hours. Brava, you got it. I like working with you in the garden when it comes to planting more than Jason. He's like a bull in a Murano shop. <laughs> His fingers are too big and he tromps around, breaking everything. I smile. When Gaji hands out a rare compliment, I'll take it. Plus, he loves it when neighbors pass and he can proudly show off the American girl deep in the orto, just as muddy as the old men. We finish the row, put away our tools, and climb the steps from the garden up to the house, greeted by Jason with two glasses of cold white wine. 
We fall into our chairs, letting, letting the last bit of spring sun soak in before we make our way to the kitchen for dinner. And that is a perfect place to end for today. Aptly uh, read for the season and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much for listening. Ciao, ciao. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.